All right, so we are going to continue with our lesson series looking at the year of wisdom, and we are in part 20, and we are going to talk about the wisdom of love, specifically kind of talking about what does love really look like, practically speaking, right? It's like we, we can say, I love you, but what is it that when we say I love you to somebody that makes them think, yeah, I believe that, and I feel it? Because it turns out the answer, answer is not nearly as simple as we would like to think, <clears throat> and the Bible has a lot to say about it. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 30, the Bible says, a woman who respects the Lord should be praised. Give her the reward she has earned. She should be praised in public for what she has done. And for the last 18 years, since I've been the pastor here, uh, on Mother's Day, this has been our goal, to try to tell the, all the ladies of this church, we love you, we honor you, we want you to feel honored on this day when you come to Riverside. And so everything that we do on Mother's Day, from giving you a flower when you come in, all the ladies, whether you are a mom or you've ever had one, a slideshow to sort of celebrate the ladies of this church, which if you were watching that and you thought, I sent pictures and they didn't get in there, this year's slideshow was like, like splitting the atom. It was like, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting emails, I'm getting pictures through email, through text, through my personal Facebook page and the church's Facebook page. And so I'm like, I'm going to lose somebody's pictures. They're going to, you know what I mean? It's like, and so tell me about it. Before I load it up to Facebook, I will make sure they get in there, right? But uh, it wasn't like I looked at your pictures and thought, nope, eh, they don't, you know, it wasn't like that, okay? Everything that we try to do here on Mother's Day is, is aimed at telling the ladies of this church, we love you, we honor you, and we want you to feel like we celebrated you on this weekend. And so what I do with my lesson usually is I talk about what does love look like? If we want to honor, if we want the, if we want the ladies in our lives to feel like, like we really mean it when we say we love you, what does that look like exactly? How do we go about making that a reality? Now, before I dive into these four different ways that, that all of them need to be a part of, of our expression of love to the people in our lives, whether we're talking about husbands to wives, whether we're talking about wives to husbands, whether we're talking about parents to children, children to parents, siblings, or even friends, before we get there, I just want to say this. There is often a ton of regret and even guilt that swirls around this issue. Because we, as, as I talk about this, we sit there and think, oh, I, I blew it. I haven't been doing that. I'm, I'm doing the opposite of what he's talking about, what the Bible says right now. Or we look back and think, the people in my life have blown it. They told me that they loved me, but they just, they... They, they didn't. They, they've done, they didn't do the things that the Bible says to do, and they did the, what the Bible says don't do. And so there's all this, this guilt and shame and regret that swirls around that. And if that describes you today, then I want you to hear one thing before we get started, okay? From Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. The Lord says, forget what happened before and do not think about the past. Look at the new thing I am going to do. It is already happening. Don't you see it? See, God is always about the future, always, 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 the now and the, and, and the yet to come. 
The past is only helpful insofar as it will help me to live tomorrow better. So yes, learn the lessons from the past, but then leave the past in the past and move into this new thing that God is trying to do in your life. He's trying to do, always trying to do a new thing in our lives. Always, always, always. And so no matter if the past was horrible and you want to forget it, or even if the past was great and you're tempted to live there, right? Forget about that. Look at the new thing that God is wanting to do in your life and move into that. So with that said, let's talk about four ways that we can show love and honor to the people in our lives in a way that makes us believe it when we say, I love you and I honor you. First way to show love and honor is with my heart, okay? Now you may be like, well, duh. I mean, that's what all the poems say. That's what all the songs say, right? It's like, but in Western culture, the heart, we just think of it as the place where our emotions come from, right? Our feelings. And we think of our head as the place where, where our thoughts and our intellect comes from. And they're two separate things in our minds, but not in the Bible's mind, right? If you've been with us throughout this series in the book of Proverbs, you know that, that the Bible makes no such distinction between our heart and our head, between our emotions and our thoughts. They're all swirled together and everything comes from your heart. In Proverbs 4, verse 23, the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything. Everything comes from your heart. And I, I, I always, when I'm like, from your heart, but it's like, I, I need to start, you know, talking about it comes from your, from your heart. From, from all, your heart is all of you. Everything. Everything flows from this one place. And that's why this is such a hard biblical word to translate into the English language. You can see it by looking at this exact same verse from the New Century Version. Proverbs 4.23 from the New Century Version, same verse. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. You're like, that's the same thing as above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. Yeah, you start to get an idea of just how difficult a job it is for these biblical translators to take these incredible, rich, biblical words and bring them into English in a way that makes it easy to read and easy to understand what the writer was trying to get through to us. That's one, of my, one way that you can do a lot of fairly easy research. Open up on your Bible app a verse and then look and see what does it say in several different versions, right? And it'll give you an idea of, of just how nuanced a lot of these words are. But it turns out that when it comes to the, our relationships with each other, if we start out with our thoughts and our heart being focused on another person in a way that says, I, I love and honor and cherish this person, then that will change everything. Watch this. Michael! Michael! Hey! Hi! Hi, I was just coming out to see what you're doing and maybe stop you. Oh, you know what? Do you have a siphon? I think I'm gonna run out of gas. Why do you need more gas? Well, I'm writing a message. Is it a good message or a bad message? I'm asking Holly a question in fire. Are you proposing? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. You know what? I've got gas on my hands and my shoes. Would you 
Would you light it? Do oh, the right. honors, please. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Pam? Yep? Could you light this, please? Michael, you've had two ideas today, and one of them was great, and the other one was terrible. I am not in the mood for riddles, Pam. This is terrible. No, this is romantic. You know what? I'm going to get a hose, and then we'll talk about it. Okay, we'll figure it out. I'll be right back. Just stay there. He's one of my favorite characters from popular culture. You know that everything he does comes from his heart, right? And we think about him and we're like, yeah, not so much from his head, but from his heart, right? Everything he does. But see, that's the way that, that, that God's view of the heart works. It's like, yeah, he's using his brain. It's just his brain isn't really where he, it's not the brightest bulb on the tree, right? That's, that's what is. And so that's why it's important just because I think that something is smart and honoring and loving doesn't necessarily make it true. But this is where we need to start with the way that we feel, well, with the way that we think and feel about the people that we claim to love and honor and cherish. It has to start with the heart because everything else comes out of that. In Ephesians chapter 5, Verse 25, Paul is describing marriage relationships here, but this is true for any relationship, okay? Doesn't matter. Husbands towards wives, wives towards husbands, anybody that you want to feel loved and cherished and honored by you, this is how it starts. He says, husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting, Right? That last little phrase there, a love marked by giving, not getting, is the very definition of honor and love. And if that's where you start when it comes to, to how you think and feel about the people in your life, you are, you are off to a really, really good start, okay? But it's only a start because that love and honor and affection has to be expressed into the real world, which means, number two, we need to show love and honor with our words, Right? That, that's the second way that I need to go about showing love and honor to the people in my life with my words. It, going on in Proverbs or Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, right? It, this is just right immediately on the heels of when Paul says, love, love with everything you've got, a love marked by giving, not getting. He goes on, he says, Christ's love makes the church whole. His words... Evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. And this, this is the definition of the way that people who love each other should be speaking to each other, right? In a way that is designed to evoke each other's beauty, in a way that is designed to bring the best out of out of each other. If if that is our goal, and if that is how we go about speaking. Now, obviously, you won't be perfect at this, right? But if this is sort of your goal when it comes to how you speak to each other, it is going to revolutionize our relationships. I've done a lot of weddings over the last 18 years. A lot of weddings. I've stood right here with people who stood before their family and their friends and before God himself. And it's one of my favorite parts of this job because you never get to stand that close to people who are looking at each other like that, right? They, they just, there's, there's nothing else like it. 
Every once in a while, it kind of goes a little bit overboard. I did a wedding once where the couple started smooching while I'm doing my, my, you know, doing the ceremony and stuff. I mean, pretty soon they're making out. I'm like, hey, I haven't pronounced you husband and wife yet. You need to wait, okay? I didn't actually say that. I just let them go on. I was like, what the heck? I'll just keep, you know, it was a little distracting, but I was like, ah, I'm going to do my part. They told me what to do, so I'll keep, I'm digressing. Anyway, there's, right, the way they look at each other is like, I can't imagine spending another second of my life without this person. And a big part of it that brings them to that point in their lives is the way they talk to each other, right? If people don't get to that point and look at each other that way without having spoken words to each other, that evoke each other's beauty, that, bring, that are designed to bring the best out of each other. Now, nobody's perfect at it, right? You're going you're gonna to mess up. But if this, is the, if this is the lion's share of your communication with one another, it is going to create something absolutely beautiful. But it can't stop there, right? You can't stop with just your words because if all you do is, is, is tell people that you love them but you never demonstrate it with, well, and that leads to our third point. The third way that we need to, to show love and honor is with my actions, right? If all you do is say that you love someone, but your actions either don't back it up or, or say the opposite, well, then you're going to end up in a very toxic place very quickly with that relationship. In James chapter 2, verse 14, James says, do you think you'll get anywhere in this? If you learn all the right words, but never do anything, and the answer is no, right? We've all known people who are able to, you know, we call them silver-tongued devils, right? They, 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 there was a guy that I knew in high school, he would steal from you, right? And you knew he had stolen from you. And he would come and he'd start talking to you. And pretty soon, you weren't even mad anymore. And pretty soon, you started feeling like maybe you had stolen from him. And, and it's like, and then he would walk away. You'd be like, oh, wait a minute. It's like, you, there's almost a spell, right? That it's like people, there are a lot of people that can talk a really good game. And talking is really important. But backing it up with our actions is equally important and maybe more important. Let's watch this. We are a family. I could not agree with you more. And I've always believed that we should all be very involved in one another's personal lives in a very major way. Yes, thank you. So about this proposal thing. No, 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 no. My mind's made up. I am not going to change my mind. You can't talk me out of it. Michael, she's perfect for you. She's the one. She's amazing. This is very <laughs> exciting. So we just, we want to help you plan the proposal so that it's safe and responsible and realistic and doable. I had a great idea until you ruined it. You want to know how to do it? Here's how you do it. Take her out to dinner, go down on one knee. If you are in costume, you did something wrong. If at any point you find yourself tying the ring to a dog's collar, stop. Okay, and I look think at animals and proposals are out. Right, Ryan? Didn't you read in one of your blogs that animals the blogs are, are out, but people are texting each other, no more animals. How about this? I throw a corpse dressed like me off of the roof. It hits the ground. Yep. The head pops off. This leads to me saying the line, I lost my head when I fell in love with you. Well, that's a guarantee. Easy enough to get a corpse. You just go to a med school. I already have the ring. Don't think you need the corpse then. There's a Is ring. Is that real? Yeah. They say three years salary. Oh. Is she not going to like that? No, so. she's going to love it. So I think you can keep the proposal simple. I want this to be an event 
that everyone talks about always and forever. Totally reasonable. I'm just, it's terrifying. She's not gonna say no. I know, but I'm still scared. I don't know why. Because it's a big deal. ...of ideas, and from his heart, all of his feelings, all of his thoughts, they want to express love and honor and commitment and, and, and affection towards this woman doesn't always mean that it's exactly how he should be going about it, but you see in his, in Michael, you see a heart that is in the right place, at least when it comes to Holly, and you see him trying to figure out what is love and honor and affection, what does that look like to her, and how can I express that in a way that will make her feel loved and honored and cherished? And so it starts with our words, but it has to follow up with our actions. In James chapter 3, verse 18, he says, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you do or learn all the right words, but you never do anything? And the answer is no. As a matter of fact, you will lose ground is what will happen. Nobody ever said this was going to be easy. As a matter of fact, oftentimes the hardest work takes place after after we, we, we've gotten to a place where we thought we... When, when two people say, I do, right? Oftentimes they think, oh boy, just all downhill from here. It's like, and if you're not careful, that's right. It's all gonna go downhill from there. You've gotta do the hard work. You've got to, to learn the right things to say. You've got to follow up with that, with your words and your actions. But there's another uh, the fourth point, I guess, it's, it's not really another thing that we have to do. It's more about the spirit with which we do everything else, with which we think about and feel about the person that we claim to love in our heart, the way that we speak to them and the way that we, our, our actions towards them. I need to learn to honor people, number four, with my munificence. And that's right, I said munificence. And no, I didn't automatically know that word. I had to use the thesaurus in order to figure out. Because genera, generous didn't quite sound right. And I was trying to figure out what word. And so I, I, I used the thesaurus and I saw munificent. And I thought, man, that sounds cool, right? Th that sounds like a Disney character, right? Munificent. And it's like, and it's not an evil one. This is good, right? Munificence is, is defined as, number one, extremely liberal in giving, very generous, and number two, characterized by great generosity. Not yet. Go back one. One more. Try one more. There we go. All right. It happens. No problem. Uh, I make tons of mistakes in my lessons, all right? So it's like, uh, it's like when somebody else makes a mistake, I'm like, hey, I'm not the only one. All right. So <laughs> munificence. Right? This is how, this is what should characterize our words and our actions towards the people that we claim to love. Starts in our heart, makes its way out into this world with our words, and then backed up by our actions. And if you want to kind of get a picture of what munificence looks like, let's watch this. Let's go for a little walk. I want to show you some stuff. So this is one of my favorite places in the world. Why? This is where Toby announced that he was going to Costa Rica. It's the happiest day of my life. Until the day you came to replace him. 
to go in here. And this is where we first kissed. Through these blinds is where I first saw you. And you had all these boxes, and I thought you were the prettiest mover I'd ever seen. And over here... What happened here? Well, nothing. Nothing, really. I would just find an excuse to come here so I could stare at you through that window. This is what I'd do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Let's go in here. Hi, guys. This is where our love faces its toughest test. After this, it's just smooth sailing for the rest of our lives. Holly, will you marry me? No. Marry me, Holly. <clears throat> no. That guy's got more than he can handle as it is. Will you marry me? No. Will you marry me, Holly? No. Only one that I was kind of worried about. This is where I fell in love with you. And this is where I ask you to marry me. It started with the broken. Holly Flack, marrying me will you be? Your wife becoming me will I. At least it was for Holly, right? If I had asked Judy to marry me in Yoda speak, <laughs> it wouldn't have gone over very well, right? Uh, but for her and Michael, that was perfect. And, and that's sort of, that, that's an important thing to remember. Munificence looks different to everybody. There are a lot of books are written about this, right? There's uh, the, 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 the seven love languages, right? I learned this early on in our marriage, just because I thought something would be munificent towards Judy, and this is before I even knew that word, but just because I thought something would, would, would represent love and honor to Judy did not necessarily mean that Judy felt loved and honored when I did it, right? I learned with gifts. It's like I would bring her a gift, something that I had spent money on, and she was the one she is the one that, that does our budget, right? She's one, the one that handles our money. So when I bring her a gift, she looks at it and thinks, that costs money and this is not something I would have bought for myself. I don't even really particularly want it, right? So if I want, if I want Judy to feel loved and honored, I give her cash and say, let's go shopping, right? Oh, she loves that. But when I bring her something that I thought, man, she usually, I, I realized later, being totally honest, if I brought her, brought her something 
that I thought, oh, she'll love this. It was because I wanted it too, right? And she knew that. And she'd look at it and be like, yeah, thanks a lot, Ed. Thanks, I, I really appreciate it, right? Generosity, extravagant generosity is going to look different to different people. Here's a pro tip, okay? You wanna know what represents extravagant generosity to somebody that you love? Ask them. The marriage seminar that Judy and I were trained uh, to, to take people through. We haven't done it for a few years now, but it's based on this concept. It's called His Needs, Her Needs, and it's based on the concept you take two people and you have them identify this is what love and honor and commitment and affection means to me. And you have both people kind of line it out and then tell each other, this is what it means to me and this is what dishonor looks like to me. And they tell each other. And then you spend the rest of your life trying your best to do all the things that represent love and commitment and honor to each other and trying your best to avoid the things that dishonor means to them, which is really what we all do when we're courting each other, right? We do it sort of organically. We work so hard at it. And then we say, I do, and we, 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 we stop as time goes on and then wonder, what happened to us? I'll tell you what happened to us. We stopped. We stopped treating each other with munificence. And I have watched, as I walked people through this program, people that thought they never wanted to spend another moment together in the same room again that committed themselves to two people saying, I'm going to do my best to show love and honor and, and extravagant generosity and with my heart towards you, with my words towards you, and with my actions towards you, and I have watched miracles happen in people's relationships. And it all comes down to this question of munificence. Uh, Romans 12, verse 10 says this, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor. It's the only time I know of that the Bible suggests we turn our relationships into a competition. And it's only when it comes to can I outdo the other person at showing honor? That's the definition of munificence. That's the definition of honor and, and love and commitment. And that's what it takes. No matter, no matter what kind of relationship we're in, if we want the other person to feel honored, you've got to, you've got to live your life trying to outdo them at showing honor. Two people do this, miracles happen. Just one does it, doesn't work. So here's your... Uh, your homework for this week. Outdo someone at showing honor this week. Think about what that would look like. At the bottom of your lesson sheet, there's a place where it says, here's the people I wanna honor, and here's what I think that would look like. And if you don't know what honor looks like to that person, ask them. And here's your memory verse for the week, Romans 12, verse 10. Love one another with mutual affection and outdo one another in showing honor. That's the way God expresses himself towards us, and it's the way he wants us to express ourselves to one another. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your extravagant generosity towards us. Teach us to be extravagantly generous towards each other and show us what that looks like. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.